0: way on this episode of wind tunnel
1: i keep a notebook on my bedside my wife is always waking up what are you doing it's because my brain can't switch off because you know we're trying to stay ahead of all these fires you know?
2: maybe it's because I haven't won enough and I would love to get to the point where maybe winning is like yeah I won another one yeah great like I win so much but man it's that's what we're in it for is to
0: win race. Right? Wind Tunnel is brought to you by Advance Auto Parts the official auto parts retailer of NASCAR. Here's your Wind Tunnel host Jack Aroo.
3: Welcome back to the wind tunnel. I believe that you'll enjoy hearing from this week's guests. Together, they'll paint a picture of what motorsports and life in the fast lane is all about. There's an old cliche that goes, How do you make a small fortune in racing? <laughs> Start with a big one. Well, that'll always get a chuckle, but the reality is that owning a race team requires 24 7 attention. Michael Shanks knows all about what it takes. You see, he and his partner, Jim Meyer, operate Meyer-Shank Racing and field entries in both the IMSA and the IndyCar circuits. Shanks stops by, and we unpack the owner's role. Throughout his racing career, Ricky Bly has never, ever considered chasing for a championship. Wins were all that mattered to this New Hampshire driver, but this season, he is in the thick of it in the Advance Auto Parts National Division II standings. When he checks in, I'll unpack why he chose a championship chase this season. And finally, my old friend and former SiriusXM colleague, A.J. Almendinger drops in and takes you behind the curtain at Collie Gracing. You'll also hear how his winning signature phrase, let's go, came about. But first, it's time to get you caught up on this past weekend's action. For an update from the short track scene, here's the host of Performance Racing Network's At The Track Show, Lenny Baticki.
0: Thanks a lot, Jack. This is your NASCAR Advanced Auto Parts Weekly Racing Series Report. We'll start out with the battle for the national championship. Dominion Raceway at Virginia, Peyton Seller scored two victories there last Saturday night. Motor Mile Speedway went to Deke McCaskill, Doug Kobe and the Modified down at Langley Speedway. Salina Highbanks, Lane Fraley was all aces in Kansas. Magic Valley Speedway in Idaho, Preston Peltier and Morgan Rasmussen split the victories. Tommy Herod, a winner at Meridian. Rockford, Illinois, to Max Kaler. Dave Darling, back in victory lane again at Seacock, Tucson, Arizona, Richard Dorman and Dylan Jones split the victories, while Todd Patnode got the victory at Monadnock in New Hampshire. Adams County Speedway in Iowa to Jared Weston. Steve Needles, victorious at Berlin Raceway in Michigan. Madison International Speedway in Wisconsin to Tom Carlson. Cody Dempster, a winner at Colorado National. Kyle Mack. McAd- Tire gets the win at Coos Bay. The checkers at Eastbound Park in Canada to Michael Neary, while William Racine wins at RPM and at Autodrome Chaudière, Jeff Cody and Sebastian Couture split the victories. Justin Brown, a winner at New York's Riverhead Raceway, while at Bethel Motor Speedway it was Ed Dockenhausen. Greg Long, a winner at Evergreen in Washington. Hickory Motor Speedway in North Carolina. Ryan Millington and Landon Huffman splitting the wins. Barry Audie another victory for him at Jennerstown, Pennsylvania. While at Grandview Speedway, it was Ray Swinehart. And for the 10th time this season at Kingsport, Tennessee, it was Chris Van Dyke in Victory Lane. That's your NASCAR Advance Auto Parts Weekly Racing Series
3: Report. Thanks for having us, Jack. We'll see you next time. All eyes were on the world center of racing, the Daytona International Speedway, where the final regular season cup race was ready to rumble. The opening act was Friday night's 250-mile Xfinity race, which, thanks to rain, got a very late start and crept into the early morning hours. It was a three-overtime ending that produced chaos and a brand-new 2022 winner.
4: Austin Hill on the inside. Will it go? Jeremy Clements on the outside. It's not going. There goes Clements. He's going to be clear. Clements clears. The 44 follows him. Sage Karam pushing Jeremy Clements out to a big lead. Look behind him, the 16 of AJ and Brandon Brown, they're teamed up as well. They're gonna have a huge run off of turn two. Persistence pays off for the Clements family. Just his second career win, the last one came 164 starts ago at Road America. And he'll come by and get the checkered flag for the second time in his career, Jeremy Clements wins in the Xfinity Series.
2: What an incredible story. I, I'm speechless, man. I'm, I don't even know what to say. It was, uh, that's incredible, man. I mean, I just can't, I, I'm just, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm a little speechless. So we, we, we survived that big wreck
0: back there somehow. It was like a Days of Thunder wreck. And uh, then I was like, well,
2: if we can just keep up with these guys, it'll be a good day. Top five and bring this car home in one piece, and that's a that's a good day. But uh, I uh, wow, this is incredible.
3: Rain also affected Saturday night's Coke Zero 400, the final regular season Cup race. After an all-day soaking, the race was postponed to Sunday morning at 10 a.m and was contested with dark, ominous clouds until the heavens opened and forced a red flag for more than three hours. There was just a handful of laps left. 23, in fact, when the race resumed. Remember the chaos from the Xfinity race? Well, it was back.
4: Right here for this 20-car field as they come back to the green flag. Back to racing here at Daytona. Turek's pushing his two-car. Why not help this two car go out there and win this race? He's already got a win, already locked in. See right there, the three car of Austin Dillon. He's starting to fall back from that two car, trying to generate a run, trying to find it. Whoa, there he goes. The two almost spins out down into turn one. An issue for the two. He catches it, but. Now the three out front and the rest of the field trying to reel them back in. I think the issue was the three in the back of him getting into a corner. He fell back and got a big run. He had this forward momentum, gets into the back of him, in turn one, knocks centered sideways and then takes the lead. Austin Dillon out in front. He could be the guy who wins his way into the playoffs in the final race of the regular season. He has his teammate, Tyler Reddick, who's locked into the playoffs already. Right behind him. Less than a half a lap to go. Cody Ware running in that third spot. Here comes Sendrick in the two, keeping an eye on him. I don't know if he has enough time. And he doesn't have help anymore. It has dropped off as they come out of turn number four. Martin Shrek's Jr. trying to fight back up there to get in at points, but it's Austin Dillon who wins at Daytona. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus, baby. Yes!
2: Man, we're in the playoffs.
0: What will be talked about as the playoffs, also what will be talked about as a move to get
4: the lead. Walk me through going into turn one with Austin Sendrick.
2: Yeah, there was a lot going on there. Um, I knew that uh, if we got to the white, I was afraid somebody would, if I waited too long, I was afraid somebody would wreck behind us. So I wanted to go ahead and get the lead. Um, we were able to get it. I had a big run to him. And then I had my teammate that eight back there. I knew we were in pretty good shape there to the end. And he did a good job checking up any kind of run and just a little too much push there. and got him loose and we went
3: going and with austin dillon's victory the 16 driver playoffs are set to begin this weekend with the running of the southern 500 at darlington international raceway all right all right all right let's get this party started first up is a new hampshire driver that's riding a winning wave at his home tracks of mad Night, claremont and lee usa speedway a wave that he hopes produces a national rival. I'll visit with Ricky Bly, this week's Advance Auto Parts Victory Lab guest, right after this break.
5: Hey, car lovers, at Advance Auto Parts, we have what you need to keep your car running all season long. So if you enjoy getting ahead of the curve when it comes to taking care of your ride... Advance Auto Parts has everything to keep your ride on track to reach the victory lap. Because you can trust the team at Advance Auto Parts to assist you in finding what you need at the right price. Stop by Advance Auto Parts, where you're always number one.
0: This is how we advance.
6: Man, this is for all those guys. Uh, There's a ton of them out there that, that are like me, that have won here, and all these great short tracks around here. We can do it. We just need the opportunities. Today proved it. Yeah, it's a short track, but it's still damn hard to win here, and we did it.
0: They are hometown heroes, drivers who put their passion on the line in front of their friends.
6: Here we go, three wide, got Sellers
4: up in the marble. Halfway home in this one, off turn four. He heads for the checkered flag.
2: Here comes Riggs. Riggs is back at it on the
0: inside.
2: Jennerstown was pretty big on Saturday, but it was all to get him ready for this moment. The battle at Berlin 250. He's talked about what it would mean to him to win a huge race like this at his home track. And now he's half a lap away from doing just that. Buckle up and hold on tight.
0: Time now to focus the spotlight on hometown heroes with this week's Advance Auto Parts victory lap. Brought to you by the NASCAR Advance Auto Parts weekly racing series. Driving local racing in local communities
3: forward. Well, the driver that's gonna take a victory lap has been at it for 22 plus years. Reeling late model sportsmen across the Granite States bull rings including Monadnock, Claremont, and Lee USA. Ricky Bly joins us now. And, uh, Ricky, you're used to winning, but not leading in championships. Tell me why you quit points chasing, so so many years ago.
6: (laughs) Uh, I lost two championships, one by one point and one by three points. Say
3: it ain't so. (laughs) I said, yep, I've had enough of that. (laughs) And and yet this season has been phenomenal for you. I think the worst that you finished is what, uh, fifth or sixth? You've got you've got victories in the lead at, at Claremont Speedway. You are just ma- making mincemeat out of the competition in the late model sportsman series. And, and you're in the midst of the title chase for the national championship in Division Three of uh, the NASCAR Weekly Racing Series. So all of a sudden, even though you don't want a points chase, you're winning and winning Is putting you into the points conversation. Right. Uh, We're having fun. (laughs) When you look at this season, what's been the difference?
6: Uh, I don't know. I mean, we just, last year we, we won a pile of races and uh, we had a lot of bad luck. Lots of bad luck. If we weren't winning, we were wrecking. And this year we went into it with a really good car and it's just, everything's just been clicking right off and every week it's, we do minimal stuff to this car. I mean, we don't touch nothing on it. I mean, we, every once in a while, I'll send it back to the, the guys that built the car for me. I helped out. I built a lot of stuff myself on it and we just go back through it and they find the little things that I keep missing. And that's, that's kind of made a big, a big gain on everything. And um, there's a, there, the chassis builder's son started racing a few years back. And now that he's been racing, they found a lot of info of their own, which has helped us out a lot.
3: You, you said at the outset, you're having fun. Can you describe to someone that has never strapped themselves in a race car just the level of fun, especially when you've got a car that reacts the way yours has this year?
6: I always said if you don't get butterflies when you, before you pull out on the racetrack, you're not having fun the funds, the fun's over with, you don't have, you don't have that feeling anymore. Like you want to race anymore. And to this day, every time I go line up to go out on the racetrack, it's, I just get butterflies in my stomach. And once I'm out there, it's they're gone. And it's like, okay, let's go to work. <laughs> like so many,
3: uh, your love affair and passion for auto racing was handed down by your mom and dad. And I know you lost your mom, uh, last year and you've kind of dedicated this season to her memory but now you're paying it forward because i understand there's a little racer that's at victory lane every time you go and a little birdie told me that your six-year-old daughter rowan can uh, turn turn left pretty nicely as well and that she is going to follow
6: on pop's footsteps oh she's picking it up i mean it's i get to that point where it's the i get a little frustrated i'm like come on let's go let's go a little faster but i Keep forgetting she's only six years old. And I told her, I don't care if you go five laps, 20 laps of the race. I go, as long as you come out and you have a smile for me to hear, it's all I care about. Can you explain
3: how special that bond is?
6: Oh, it's, it's crazy. I mean, every time I get out of the car, she's right there. Every time we go work on the car, she's right there. She just, she's been full force into it. Hands on everything. Ever since she was little, little, I mean, I mean, she's six, but she's little, but she's just she's something else. Does she ever, uh, you know, give you pointers?
3: You know, is she you know, after after a performance, maybe where you you didn't win, but you finished second. Does 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 she tell you what you needed to do to
6: be first? No, she always asked me why I didn't win. (laughs) What's going on? Why aren't you winning? Why'd you lose? Why'd you let that other guy beat you? Yeah, she, uh, she's something else, and she's not afraid to tell you. She'll tell you that you didn't win, and you need to step it up.
3: <laughs> Let's talk a little bit about, I, I. you know, I'm very fortunate coming from the Northeast and being involved in, in the New Hampshire Short Track Racing Association's modified series with the Whitcomb Five this year. When you look at Monadnock and you look at Lee USA and, and at Claremont, these are three very tough Little bull rings, and while there's a lot of similarities, you gotta be elbows up right from the drop of the green
6: flag to get around quickly at any of those three tracks. I feel I feel Menadnock is the toughest place that I've raced at. I mean, why it's I feel you have to be elbows up more than anywhere else because no two corners are the same, everything is different. Yes, everyone says Claremont's very weird, but Mananok, I felt was the hardest track to adapt to because it's so small. The speed is incredible. I mean, people don't realize how fast you're actually going there. I mean, I feel we're going faster then than we are at Claremont because it's you, you anything happened in a split second there. And you always have the eyes forward, be on your game. And you just, that's the biggest thing is like be up on the wheel. I think that's the biggest place to be up on the wheel.
3: Week in and week out. You load off, unload off the trailer. Take the old number twenty-eight out on the racetrack, and you've developed a family following. No matter what racetrack you go to, as uh, the folks in the stands have really identified with what you've accomplished over the course of twenty-two years. How important is it to have that racing family?
6: I feel like we gain race more and more racing family every year we race. Um, I mean, like everyone's just. It's just crazy how everyone gets together, and it's it's such a big family. Everyone at the racetrack, I can I consider as family. People like I've met more people from racing than I could ever imagine in my life. It's just it's the coolest thing ever.
3: And unlike the premier levels, where they get on their their helicopter or their jet or their million dollar motorhome, and uh, tell uh, Joe Gibbs and his team or or Roger Penske and the crew there that. He'll uh, see them the next week. You load it in the trailer, haul it back to the garage, get your friends and family to go in, and and I'm amazed that you really haven't had to do that much during this championship run. But uh, it, th- this is a passion that's hard for people to understand because it's not just race night. It's it's some late nights in the garage and getting ready, and and then winter hits in the Northeast and blanketed in snow and. How much time do you spend just bench racing during the off
6: season? Oh, we, we tear them apart and go from, from the top to the bottom and bottom to the top and front to the back, completely put up to completely build a whole new race car, like race car you just built.
3: <laughs> Ricky, we wish you nothing but the very best as we hit the stretch drive here uh, at Claremont specifically, but also in at Lee USA and at, uh, at, at, at look forward to seeing you there in uh, the mid-September with the Whitcomb five finale championship finale until then, uh, just be careful. Those footsteps are actually that wide open sound engine sound. You hear behind you is your daughter gaining on you. That's I can't, I can't wait. I can't wait. You enjoy the rest of the season. My friend.
6: I thank you.
0: You've been listening to the advanced auto parts victory lap brought to you by the NASCAR Advance auto parts, weekly racing series, driving local racing in local communities forward. Next, here on Wind Tunnel.
5: Of all of the teams competing in the 106th running of the Indianapolis 500, Shank Racing has a unique advantage. We have the most Indian 500 wins. With four time winner Elio Castroneves and 2019 champion Simon Cagino, who joined the team this offseason.
3: Simon is always a, an asset uh, when, he, when we decided to bring uh, him over. Excited not only because it's experience, um, a guy that with a, a, a caliber. It is right now a, a great improvement, and we're working on it. He's the mastermind behind Meyer Shank Racing. Michael Shank joins me here inside
5: the wind tunnel. Next. Hey, car lovers! At Advance Auto Parts, we have what you need to keep your car running all season long. So, if you enjoy getting ahead of the curve when it comes to taking care of your ride, Advance Auto Parts has everything to keep your ride on track to reach the victory lap. Because you can trust the team at Advance Auto Parts to assist you in finding what you need at the right price. Stop by Advance Auto Parts, where you're always number one.
0: This is how we advance. Welcome back to your podcast home for motorsports conversation. Jackaroots, Twin
4: Puddle. High side in turn one. Point, Unser, Mears, and maybe Castro Elio takes the lead out of turn one. Elio leads into the short shoot. Five cars ahead of our leader. A new team and a new life for Elio Castro Neves. Two car can advantage down the back straightaway away for the final time. All kinds of traffic now as they work their way into turn number four. Off turn four for the final time. Elio Castro Neves comes to the start-finish line. Clinton.
0: 100 mile race. Here's
3: your host, Jackaroo. Well, he along with his partner Jim Meyer are the principals in Meyer Shank Racing that have won. Get this: uh IMSA's Rolex 24, the Indianapolis 500. He has a four-time winner, Elio Castroneves, that he just signed to an extension with a contract. Teamed up with the flying Frenchman, Simon Pagenaud. We're talking about Michael Shank, who's been a friend of Wind Tunnel since its inception. Mike, good to have you back with us. So uh, it's it's been kind of like I would think drinking out of a fire hydrant this year, seeing how you had to move into your new building and just so many moving parts. Uh, Did you ever kind of lay in bed and say, oh, my God, what did I just do?
1: Well, I definitely keep a notebook. First of all, it's great to be here again, Jack. But, yeah, I keep a notebook on my bedside. My wife is always waking up. What are you doing? It's because my brain can't switch off because, you know, we're trying to stay ahead of all these fires, you know. But uh, nothing but grateful. Um, We've you know, we've had a a great run here for the last four or five years. And um, and I'm happy that we can keep advancing the team. Um, we're always looking at ways to to be, either be bigger or better, mostly better, to be honest with you, both IMSA and IndyCar. Uh, had a tough IndyCar year this year, no doubt. Um, I've had a great IMSA year. We're, you know, one of two cars in the championship in DPI with our Acura, and that I'm grateful for. And, um, you know, but it's like, uh, it's like any, any stick and ball sport. We're continually looking at how we can be better, looking at the tapes, watching what are we doing right, what are we doing wrong, um, and trying to, to you know, grow what we're doing here.
3: Let, let's focus just for a moment on the season in IndyCar. Look, without question, it, it has been uber competitive. Uh, the points chase, all of a sudden, when you think you got it figured out, Joseph Newgarden goes out and whips his teammate and gets back into the hunt. But from your perspective, uh, I'm sure... You had hoped for a better outcome, and, and yet, uh, in talking to both of your drivers, it, it seems as if everything is coming together in the long term versus maybe the short term gains.
1: Yeah, I, I guess you're always trying to paint the pig nice, you know. I don't know, but we're, you know. Listen, if I'm grading this, the best I'm giving us this year overall, team drivers, everything is a C minus. That's the best, right? And that comes from several things, Jack. It comes from engineering, preparation, driving. You know, we just haven't been able to land on all the right things. I mean, we're doing better than some and worse than some, right? And we're kind of in the middle of the pack. Um, But in this series, you know, listen, yes, New Garden is just killing it this year. But by the way... I've seen four or five races where they've had a miserable time, right? It's so. My point in that is, is that it's whoever's going to make the least amount of mistakes because we're all going to make them, right? Is Penske better at not making mistakes than Ganassi or us or you know? I don't know. The, the answer is probably yes, but everybody's got to manage these mistakes. That's what it, this is about, right? Managing the downtime. And what do you take out of the downtime? You know, Simon at Iowa. Uh, a month or so ago, we took zero, practically no points out of that place. You know, we had a radio fail in the second race. Simon didn't have anything to do with that, right? And um, and on the ovals, when you don't have a radio, you ain't you're not going around that circle anymore, right? They shut you down immediately. So it's stuff like that. You know, we we uh, you know we had problems with fuel in the second road course race with Simon. Uh, we even had a little issue with Elio's car this past weekend. Um, so you know, it's just it's just managing these mistakes and trying to be more consistent trying to put our people where we think they are best and it's a continual dance that i believe every single owner would tell you if you asked
3: yeah no i i in all my years of experience i would have to totally agree with you but my experience has also shown that that's when leadership rises to the occasion so you're you're the team leader you're the mastermind you're the genius whatever they want to call it so how do you get everybody on the same page and putting notebooks beside their bed to try and come up with ideas to get better?
1: Honestly, the motivation I try to share with people is kind of where I sit and how I sit here. I'm at my office right now. I'm here every day in the shop, um, trying to trying to make it relatable for everybody about how crucial every single role is in this shop, whether whether you're sweeping the floor or whether you're doing the gear stack in the gearbox, right? Every single role plays such a crucial part. I'm all in. I'm pushed all in. My my, my wife and I, all my finances are pushed into this circle along with Jim Meyer and Liberty Media. And what, what are we doing to try to be better? Is it uh, acquiring people, acquiring other teams? What can we do in personnel? Because at the basis of all this is the foundation. It's like that solid bedrock of people. That's, that's what I'm focused on. Do we, do we not have someone in here we need um, to help build this team up? And uh, I, it starts at the top. I've got to drive this. And, I, and, and, and what I try to preach is kind of ownership thinking. Like everybody, even though they don't have equity in the team, have a feeling that they what they do goes toward that. And that's a tough sell, right? Because everybody's making a living, right? Uh, the better we do, the more we all have. In results, in income, uh, in sponsors, uh, so on and so forth. So it's a it's an appeal to them, right? It's an appeal to them to be to be great.
3: You know, Mike, a week ago on Wind Tunnel, I had a, a very long conversation with a fellow owner, but in the NASCAR side of things, Justin Marks who as what he refers to you call you know everybody ownership thinking he refers to it as disruptive culture in trying to get everybody to whether they have a stake in the in the ownership or not it's the culture of winning uh, that's a moving target though, as you've just shared with us, uh, it, you know, this week it's maybe right here and you can laser focus it. And the next thing you know, the following week it's way off somewhere else in the far corner. Yeah.
1: Yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah. Uh, you know, Justin, you know, Justin drove for me for a couple of years very recently. Right. And, uh, and he's got, uh, he, he's got a vibe right now that he's putting out. That's really working, obviously. I'm super proud of what he's been able to do over there. Uh, we're saying the same thing, though, Jack. I think honestly, and uh, he's doing it in a hipster way. <laughs> and uh, I'm a little, little older than him, probably another generation older than him. But um, we both understand. And he, by the way, Justin and I talk offline all the time about what are you running into with COVID and how you're handling going to Canada. And you know, we talk about things because there's so much relatable things between the two series that people don't think about. But uh, I, you know at the end of the day, we both have to get our people to buy into what we're selling, right? And how it benefits them if they do. And, um, and loyalty, right? Uh, from us to them, right? And um, showing empathy and sympathy when they need things done in their personal life. And all these things we try to do to make this a better place to work than maybe somewhere else. Um, these are challenges every single day, Jack. Every single day, we're dealing with Someone's sick or someone needs to do this and, you know, can we make it better? Can we tweak? You know, it's just uh, a very, very tricky target and people like uh, Chip and Roger that have been around for a lot longer than me, Bobby, you know, uh, these guys have had to deal with this a lot longer than like me and Justin have, right? And it is tough. It is really difficult.
3: You know, let's switch our attention to uh, IMSA, as you alluded to, I- enjoying the polar opposite over on the IMSA circuit, <laughs> as you are in IndyCar. But looming on the horizon are some major changes with the, you know, the, the shall I say, the manufacturing specs. Maybe that's the easiest way to put it in 2023, and couple that with something that I think has got to be near and dear to your heart, and that's the return of IMSA to the road course at the famed uh, brickyard, the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. How out front have you as an organization have to, had to be while you're competing for a championship, also preparing for a seismic shift in IMSA and their specs for 2023?
1: Great question. As we speak today, right now, I've got, uh, my guys in road Atlanta with the LMDH car. So my team MSR and Wayne Taylor racing are a full partnership trying to develop this new car. They're down there running it today. We've had, uh, we've been three or four tests. This is probably the fourth test with the car. We get our car tomorrow, literally tomorrow, our first car tomorrow. And we go to directly to the wind tunnel with it actually. Uh, it's very tricky to keep the intensity of the program. And by the way, the two Acura are the only ones eligible for the championship as we go into Petit Le Mans, which, which will be a bloodbath between Wayne and I. Wayne and I had beers last week out at Monterey historics and uh, kind of decided how we're not going to try to kill each other. Cause we race, on, we, we race, <laughs> we, we race on Saturday and then Monday we're on track at as teammates again. Right. So, it's going to be tricky but um, there's a huge effort on that car Acura HPD Honda have just done an incredible job we got a brand new power unit plus hybrid now plus an all new car our car kind of looks like the old car uh, but I'm telling you it's 100% different and uh, a whole a whole new era and I got to tell you something Jack these cars are so complicated they are not at F1 level but just a tick below it but way above Indycar way above nascar i mean like that we're doing some really really cool stuff technology wise in the new IMSA car and uh we call it gtp now and um uh, i think it's a great time for people that love cars because these cars are going to be beautiful and they're going to be fast
3: well and i think they give us at least a sneak preview although we 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 don't know what honda and chevrolet have in mind for the hybridization as i like to call it Of the upcoming engine package down the road for IndyCar, but you know, one would have to assume that gives you at least initially a little bit of a leg up because you're in development with electrification, which doesn't involve plugging your computer into a socket.
1: Yeah, right, right. Yeah. Uh But, I think uh, this all, you know, on the Honda side, I mean, there'll be a lot of similarities, I think, uh, between this and what we do in IndyCar, but uh, I don't know the full detail of that yet, but that's coming in 2024.
3: Hey, it's always a pleasure to visit with you. Uh, you know, keep the faith, keep working hard, and, uh, you know, listen, if Justin Marks is a hipster, all right, then then you are old school, with a hip vibe how about that
1: <laughs> I got it. or a bad hip either bad one i don't know either one
3: <laughs> mike best wishes and uh, continued success and you'll you'll turn the indie car thing around i have no doubt about it we'll, we'll, we'll,
1: we'll be good all right
3: thank you we continue here on wind tunnel
5: after these messages hey car lovers at advanced auto parts we have what you need to keep your car running all season long so if you enjoy getting ahead of the curve when it comes to taking care of your ride, Advance Auto Parts has everything to keep your ride on track to reach the victory lap. Because you can trust the team at Advance Auto Parts to assist you in finding what you need at the right price. Stop by Advance Auto Parts, where you're always number one.
4: This
0: is how we advance.
4: KJ Allmendinger trying to grab another win. A.J. Allmendinger could Come here and pull off the most amazing
3: win of his career. Wind Tunnel continues. Here's your host, Jackaroo. Well, for my next guest, it all started with hunting trophies, but now it has transitioned into chasing championships. Our buddy AJ Almendinger is in the house here in Wind Tunnel. AJ, thanks so much for joining us. Getting ready to chase after that elusive Xfinity title for the second season in a row what has changed at colleague racing? We know that they're now, you know, in, in, uh, in cup contention as well, but for you, your role in what you're seeking to do, has it the same as it's been for the last couple of years, or do you have new duties?
2: Uh, I mean, that's a good question, Jack. I mean, I think it, it's a, it's a combo of both, you know, at, at the end of the day, my, my job is still to go out there and Whatever race we're in is go try to win or or finish the best possible. Uh, you know, obviously the team from when I started here, everybody thought college racing was this little team that you know they're they're just trying to to get a little bit bigger and bigger. And next thing you know, you know, we got three Xfinity cars, you got two full time cup cars. Uh it's a little chaotic. I mean, heck, there's a point that beginning of the year, and even still now to a certain degree, that it's like you walk in the shop, you're like, wait, who's that person? Who's that person? Like, did, like w- when did they show up? So, uh, so yeah, I think it, it's, you know, my job's still the same, but just trying to, you know, in a way, I think we, it, it's all new to us. So between Matt and Chris and, and all of us, you're trying to navigate, okay, what's the best way to do this? You know, the, the cup team is a big undertaking. So You know, when I've run the cup card, just trying to be better in that and and help move that forward. More importantly, try to help Justin every week the best that I can Uh, on the Xfinity side of it. I think uh, more than ever be a leader, because when you get new guys like Daniel and Landon in the team. Just try to understand and, and help them with, Okay, this is how things work. You know, it's we always do try to make it a big family. You know, we try to hang out together. We we try to make sure when we race each other on the racetrack, it's hard, but it's clean. Uh, so, yeah, I, I think it's more in the way that I've been there. Obviously, Justin's been there just as long, but I've, I've got a few years on him age wise. So just try to be a leader in whatever way that's possible. But once we get to the racetrack, it's still the same. Go try to win. In your entire racing career,
3: AJ, have you ever had that type of a situation where you're not just the driver that shows up, but you play an integral role in the development of the team and also the direction that it takes. It's almost like you're a driver slash management member with all that you just outlined to my listeners.
2: Yeah. I, I think, you know, when I was at, at the 47 at, at, JTG, that was in a way because I was the only guy there. So it was, uh, it was a single car team and we were always trying to build to be better. So to a certain degree that, but in that way, I was still always feeling like every lap I was trying to prove myself. And nowadays it, it's, uh, it's more, I feel like in a weird way, I'm, I'm more comfortable in my own skin. And, and what I'm able to do in the race car, I truly do feel like at 40 years old, like I'm, this is the best that I've ever been. And I continually work to get better and, and feel like I am, but I'm also comfortable in the fact of what I've been able to do in my career now. You know, we were we were actually talking about this uh, as we do this interview right now. We were talking about this yesterday. Matt Colling and Chris Rice and I, it's, you know, we have 13 trophies together in four years. You know, really, you know, two two very small part-time years and two full-time years. And one of them is a cup trophy at Indy. And, you know, it's it's pretty special no matter as we move forward, what happens, it's, it's really special to, to have those. So I think it's made me comfortable now with what I'm able to do and, and knowing where I'm at in my life and with this team, I'm a lot more at ease when I was at the 47, it was like, I was always on edge. Cause I'm like, I just want to prove myself. I want to make sure I'm still here. Uh, and, and it being a single car team, it was on me to try to figure that out. So um, it's probably the most fun that I've ever really had in my career at this point. And, and, really enjoy on and off the racetrack of of what we do.
3: You know, as an outsider that's watched it grow from, you know, leasing a go-kart facility, Collar Racing has grown, and thanks to you. But I think it's been a fascinating mix of personalities as well. You know, uh, you and Matt, let's face it, an outstanding quarterback at the collegiate level, you know, an A-type personality. Is it starting to sound a lot like AJ Almendinger? You know, the two of you have basically that alpha dog mentality. And then there is Dr. Phil. Okay. There's there is Chris Rice, who not only is a calming influence, but also has a very proactive vision and spends a lot of time trying to balance not only the immediate needs, but where the team is headed together. That, that chemistry to me is, is, is maybe a little bit cutting edge when it comes to, to NASCAR specifically, but we're seeing that cultural change, not only at colleague racing, but look at what Justin Marks is doing. Look at what a lot of these new car owners are doing. The perspective is so entirely different than what, to be honest with you, in my 50 years, what I'm used to at the cup level. How about you?
2: Yeah, so Matt Matt Collig, you know, he's a very alpha person. You but, think?
3: <laughs> well, but
2: but Jack, honestly, at the racetrack, I mean, and when it comes to the race team in general, he is very just, you know, behind the scenes. He's, he loves all of his people. That's the, the thing that I have always, just from the first moment I met him, and, and it continually grows is, he just cares about all of his people and he wants them happy. And it, as we know, in this sport, we've been doing it a long time. It's hard to be happy in this sport, right? Like it, nobody's really happy. I always joke around. I'm like, I'm like, uh, you know, racing makes me miserable, but I love it. Like, I don't like it, it's I, when I didn't, when we were doing our show and I missed it, like I missed being miserable every weekend. Like- well,
3: that's why I tried awfully hard to make you miserable.
2: No, and and you did, but it wasn't <laughs> the, the type of misery I was really craving. So, but that's weird to say, right? It's like people are like, "This must be great." I'm like, "Yeah, I'm miserable." W- why do you do it? I love it. <laughs> like, you know, it's I love it. Like I, I I I love the misery. So, but he wants all of his people to be happy, and and so he's very behind the scenes. Yeah, business wise, when it comes to to going out there and making stuff happen, if he wants, you know, he wanted two cup charters, he went and got them. I swear if he could have got four, he would have went and did it. Like he does what he needs to do to make sure we have what we have, but he's very behind the scenes when it comes to actually the everyday process of it. When, When we're at the racetrack, it's not like he's telling me, you know, you need to be better or this or that it's man. He's just like, smile. Like, please be happy. Like I, Chris is, yeah, he has to deal with all of us every day. I would never want Chris's job. Like it's, I don't understand how he smiles so much. Uh, but he also allows, especially with me, he allows me to be me. So he knows that I can be cussing and screaming at him after a race. And then five minutes later, I text him. I love you, bud. Like, you know, we'll, we'll go do it again next week. Like, we'll be better. I'll be better. So he allows that to happen. So it's a it's a real great dynamic. But what Matt Collig is as a team owner is, is probably one of the best team owners I've been around because – he can play both those dynamics, but he really lets his people be them. And he just tries to make sure that we have what we need.
3: You know, a couple of stray items. Uh Daniel Hamrick has made a trademark out of when he wins, he does a backflip. You know, other drivers, uh, you know, <laughs> Gregson will shotgun a beer. AJ Almendinger always gets out of the cart.
2: By the way, Jack, that's not that's that's not like just a winning thing. Gregson will shotgun a beer anytime he can. <laughs>
3: Well, that's true. Yeah. It's just if there's one available,
2: that's right.
3: <laughs> hey, but your trademark has become screaming at the very top of your lungs, let's go. Let's go. <laughs> How in the hell did that start?
2: I don't know. Like it was like I did it at Vegas and, uh, and it just, it's the, it's the, the emotion that I have. I spent, I spent years not winning and it's, and it sucks. It sucks to to not in a, a lot of at times, especially when you're in a middle pack cup car like you're not even close to winning most of the time. Sure, we had uh, a great win in, in the 47 there and at Watkins Glen and we had a, a few other chances. But uh, there's also a lot of races where you come home 20th and you're just and, and heck, that was a win sometimes. But that was that was tough to deal with. So it's it's no joke. I've always said I'm living every every race like it's my last win when I win because you never know. It might be. I hope not, but it might be. So, uh, yeah, it's just that's that's the emotion that comes out. Uh, I thought about changing up. You know, at, at Coda, I changed it up a little bit. I gave a little Matthew McConaughey, all right, all right, all right, when we won it off. This is his Sabbath career good.
0: road course victory. A.J. Allmendinger all does it at Circuit of the Americas.
5: All right, all right, all right. <laughs> thank you man thank you great work but uh
2: yeah it, i don't know it, it's I, I just i've always and maybe it's because i haven't won enough and i would love to get to the point where maybe winning is like yeah i won another one yeah great like w- i win so much but man it's that's what we're in it for is to win races so yeah why not just scream at the top of your lungs
3: you, you know don't bs a bs all right, you'll never be at a point where, oh yeah, all right, I want another one, okay.
2: Well, but but let's be honest. We see people that look like it when they get out of the car.
3: Oh, absolutely. Oh yeah.
2: yeah. I mean, New Garden, New Garden, like crossed the line at, at Gateway and was like, good job, guys. Like I'm like I'm like, damn. Like he's just so he's so businesslike I I love that because that's Joseph. He's just business like. We expected to come here and win, and we did. Good job, guys.
3: There you go. Let's move. Let's move on. Let's move on to Portland. That's right. Hey, uh, I'm going to make you put your hat back on as a serious as a XM analyst for a second. The, the, the fallout from the race at Watkins Glen between the two teammates, uh, Larson and Elliot. And back up through the gears we go. Elliot on the outside,
4: Larson on the inside. They're side by side still. And Larson surging ahead now as they get into one. He outbreaks it, but he slides up the track. As they both slide up the track, it opens the door for AJ Allmendinger. All
3: right, is the media making more out of this than it actually is? I mean, we've gotten mixed signals afterwards with some of the statements and things that have been said by not only the two drivers but also the management at Hendrick Motorsports. Uh, I don't know how to to dissect it all, and I've tried to stay away from it, but I don't know. Whenever I get together with you, I jump off the cliff. So what do you think?
2: I don't think the media makes too much out of it because let's be honest, Chase Elliott got out of the car and he was pissed off. And, and so it's, it'd be different if he got out of the car, was happy. He went up high five. Kyle was like, Hey, that was a great race. And everybody was like, no, did you see that contact? But Chase was pissed off. He went to Jeff Gordon, Rick Hendrick. You could see he was pissed off and you know, but that's but that uh, it's not like Hendrick hasn't dealt with it before. I, I I like I saw one quote like it was a like a, a meme. It was like Rick Hendrick looked at Jeff Gordon was like, I thought we were over this this crap when you and Jimmy retired. Like, so you're you're at Hendrick's the best team probably right now a, as a whole, and you got four really fast drivers, and and you got Chase Elliott and Kyle Larson, which are probably at the peak of our sport right now they're going to be battling each other for wins. And also I do believe it would be a little different if it was the first time they had contact, but remember Fontana, the big block that Kyle threw on chase. Uh, so there's history in the sense of, of on track battles and maybe some contact and maybe some hurt feelings. Uh, and we don't know what goes on in those meetings. And, you know, and and I believe Kyle and chase, you know, are and and it's, start, it starts with Mr. Hendrick. You know, he doesn't allow his people really to, to kind of start using the media to, to get their message across and and show how mad they are. So, you know, Rick and Jeff kind of like, Hey, we're going to keep this inside. So we don't really know how the meetings went. uh, And we know those guys say the right things after. Uh, But yeah, I mean, it's, it's two guys that are champions of the sport. Kyle's the, Chase was the man Kyle came in, became the champion. So the egos are there and then you have some contact and you know, we, you got some hurt feelings. One, that's the problem. That's the problem when that happens. One guy's always going to be happy. Other guy's always going to be mad. So I don't think the media is making too much out of it, but I do think sometimes what do we miss in the sport? The rivalries. So does the media, does the media want to start a rivalry? Of course it does because that's what the sport always had for the, for the longest time. But we're in a different world now. We, we have so many sponsors. There's so much s- social media. It's hard to have that because you got to keep the sponsors happy too.
3: No, there's no question about that. Hey, dude, it's always fun to catch up with you. Going into the championship chase, this is the year for all right, all right, all right. Let's go and win a championship. Appreciate your visiting with us and uh, good luck in the championship chase.
5: Thank you, Jack. Hey car lovers. At Advance Auto Parts, we have what you need to keep your car running all season long. So if you enjoy getting ahead of the curve when it comes to taking care of your ride, Advance Auto Parts has everything to keep your ride on track to reach the victory lap. Because you can trust the team at Advance Auto Parts to assist you in finding what you need at the right price. Stop by Advance Auto Parts where you're always number 1.
0: This is how we advance.
3: I hope you enjoyed my visit with Michael Shank from Meyer Shank Racing, New Hampshire Late Model Sportsman driver Ricky Fly, and of course AJ Almendinger from College Racing. Furthermore, I hope that you learned something today after listening that going in you were unaware of. If so, then my mission is accomplished. I certainly hope you'll return next week when we will crank up the wind tunnel yet again. Until then, I'm Jack Arute. So long, everyone.
0: You've been listening to Jackaroot's Wind Tunnel. Wind Tunnel is brought to you by Advance Auto Parts, the official auto parts retailer of NASCAR. Follow us on our social media Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn. And be sure to subscribe to Wind Tunnel's YouTube channel where you'll discover bonus content. I'm Lenny Baticki of Performance Racing Networks at the Track Show saying thank you for joining
3: us today. See you again next week.